You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. for them. Love the Drake. You've got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Christmas edition of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all Christmas things Batman and Robin. Uh, this podcast is part of the Batman Podcast Network, ho- associated with Batman on Film, and the Batman Universe Podcast Network, uh, associated, obviously, with the Batman Universe Podcast. You can get a hold of us through all the social media outlets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search... Everyone loves the Drake, and you can find us there. You can email us in, and we have an email. So just about the time I'm thinking, oh, nobody writes email, um, we now have one. So go ahead and send us one at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. And I don't say it very much, but if you can go over to iTunes and uh, leave us a review, and uh, it'd be nice to get a Christmas you know, box with five stars on it or three or four, but if it's two or one, please be kind. <laughs> but you can uh, uh, go to iTunes and leave a quick little review, and we'll start reading those reviews. And uh, kind of helps us get in the you know interwebs of the iTunes and podcasting to uh, tell our people why you should listen to Everyone Loves the Drake. With me are my two good friends, Terrence O'Neill and Ryan Haas. How are you doing today, Terrence? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever anybody celebrates, whatever they celebrate in Gotham. <laughs> um, uh, like like Ryan, as you'll hear in just a second, that we've got the North Carolina cold, which um, actually I didn't feel that bad. I just sounded horrendous. And I tell people like they'd be like, oh, my God. And I'm like, no, no, I just I sound horrible. I don't feel that bad. It just it just hit the throat and sinuses and everything. So I apologize to our listeners for my uh, voice being even more annoying than usual. But uh, I'm ready to celebrate another Christmas with you here, Rob. Uh, Ryan, how is your cold uh, treating you now that you is this your first uh holiday back in North Carolina where you're like, oh man, I've got a cold. Maybe I should have stayed in the Chicago area. Yeah, it sucks, guys. I mean, sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> yeah. just joking. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, I, Terrence, if Terrence sounded bad, I, I, I got the mutated version where I sounded bad and felt bad. And like, I've had this dumb thing for like two weeks and it's still kind of not going away and it's just super annoying. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad to be able to at least, uh, feel good enough to do a podcast yeah at least you guys aren't like my wife when she gets sick she like totally loses her voice uh where she just sounds like a whisper and it's one of those where like i love you but can you stop 
talking because I'm really not having to. It's you know it's so hard and it's one of those where I feel like I feel like you're hurting your voice by talking. So thanks for uh, toughing this one out for the Christmas listeners. Um, I had made mention this is episode uh, 34. 34. Geez, yeah, we're going clear back 64. <laughs> I said I was going to be ready for this episode, and, I, and, and Rob has Rob the cold 64. where yeah, <laughs> Rob has the cold where he sounds normal, but his brain is completely out of whack. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Nintendo 64 edition. Yeah. Of of uh, the podcast, and that was a really cool uh, Christmas gift I got way back when uh, when that came out. Still play it. Um, usually, once a year with a bunch of buddies of mine, we'll crack open uh, Goldeneye and all those uh, different types of games. Okay. I did want to say that um, we haven't talked about it in a little while. As far as Patreon, it's something that I've been talking uh, with these guys about. Of like, oh, should we do an Everyone Loves a Drake? Uh, Patreon, where we could kind of offer things and kind of help offset uh, some of the costs that it, you know, costs to uh, you know, keep the podcast going. And uh, Dustin of the Batman Universe said that can be done uh, through the TBU uh, Patreon page. You can just go to uh, thebatmanuniverse.net and click on their Patreon, and you can donate to the podcast, our show specifically, or just TBU as a whole, or Batgirl to Oracle, Bat Fans, uh, Bat Folks. Be- for beginners, whichever one of those shows that you listen to, uh, we got a really nice email, and uh, I think officially one of our first uh, Patreons, uh, specifically for this show, uh, by the name of Sherlock Ward, who sent a, a lovely email to us. So I'm going to try my best to not butcher reading this email. Um, <laughs> you might need to do one of the one of your patented, um, you know, audiobook versions. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To, <laughs> to get because it's a long email. Yeah, so a really long email. But uh, since we haven't had uh, some emails in quite a while, it's a uh, pretty cool. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away. Hello, everyone. This is Rob. This is an edit into the show, and... uh little bit of personal information for myself. Usually when I do any of the synopsis or reading of emails or uh, anything like that, it's just a, a learning thing that I have that I grew up. I think it's having to read out loud in public or um, I get nervous when I read and uh, maybe some sort of <laughs> dyslexia is in there a little bit. Um, I end up reading words. And I think that compounds uh, as I'm reading. So I do a lot better reading some of this stuff. I know certain podcasts uh, will just read their synopsis with the other people on the call. And I get very nervous when I do that. I tend to make one mistake. And when I make that mistake, I make 22 more. So I wanted to be able to read this kind of on my own and uh, kind of get this email out with a few is interruptions uh, from myself <laughs> as I possibly can. So I wanted to give Sherlock Ward's uh, email. It's my undivided attention as I read this, because this is a really good email. And it's a rather lengthy email. I was trying to read this while we were on the call and uh, as I got you know partway through it, I was like, I'm going to edit that. And Terrence and Ryan were like, yeah, we kind of figured you, you probably would. So I'm going to read you guys the email right now, and then we'll kick it back to the three of us talking about the email. And I may even bring up uh, some of the points from myself as I am reading this to you guys. Hopefully this all makes sense to you. It says, hello, Robin Crew. I wanted to drop you guys a message to let you know how much I've enjoyed the show. But first, before I deliver well-deserved praise, I'd like to let you know how I discovered 
Edward Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Strap yourselves in because I'm giving you backstory just like your podcast gives us Tim's. Earlier this year, around the end of January, I started a second job, a full-time job night shift, manual labor, pretty boring stuff compared to the vigilante shenanigans, <laughs> you know, Batman, Robin. Uh, I managed a print shop by day, screen printing apparel, embroidery, de- decals, etc. And I took on the second job with the goal of saving money. The only problem was working 60 to 70 hours a week and having Bruce Wayne's sleep schedule can about drive a non-bat family individual into madness. Maybe it's because I don't have a butler. So, um, yeah, that that could be. If we had a butler, I wouldn't have to worry about working all the overtime. After months of listening to music on my headphones, 100% against company policy, but I'm the team lead, so who's going to stop me? Not a Batman, that's for sure. I decided to start reading audiobooks. That went well for a time and helped me preserve some of my sanity and extended my patience with torture I was putting myself through lest I end up in Arkham Asylum for behavioral issues. That's kind of funny. But after running out of books in the public domain, I was not wanting to spend my extra income on audiobooks because that would defeat the purpose of the second job. I found myself falling back into the world of DC, a place I hadn't fallen into heavily for about six years. And I wished I could absorb bat-related content during my eight to nine hours of manual labor every night. So I thought to myself, are there Batman podcasts out there? There must be. The internet exists. And this is Batman. To be more accurate, I was hoping for a Jason Todd podcast. I can't believe I didn't find one called The Toddcast. That's funny. I Putting this podcast together, I thought surely there was going to be a Tim Drake Robin podcast. And no, there wasn't. I found this character interesting, and his rocky history and sadly inconsistently written character has left me with a lot of curiosities. But what do I find? I found ELTD on the list of podcasts on TBU, my first thought was, well, I do love the Drake. Tim Drake is heckin' great. I thought that's, a, that's really funny, heckin' great. And I could definitely stand to hear more about him. Flashback to September 28th. I started listening to your podcast. I caught up with your current episode, episode 63, on November 21st. That is crazy quick, dude. Uh, (laughs) That's a lot of podcasts. He goes in uh, how much he squeezed in. That's just shy of eight weeks, and I had taken a two- to three-week break on the podcast sometime over in October. So if you want to get a little nitpicky, it took me approximately five weeks to go through darn near four years of content. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. That, And we're finding that out uh, as people are stumbling on the podcast. And just like people do with Netflix and other things, they just like binge watch or binge listen. And I kind of do the same thing. When I find a podcast, I kind of go back to the beginning and I'm just listen, listening constantly. So that's that's pretty cool, dude, and, and really flattering. Uh, he goes on to say, there were some nights I listened to seven or eight hours of your podcast. I'm fairly certain my coworkers on nights thought I was losing my mind. I'd randomly start laughing uh, because this experience has been a blast. You guys have made me laugh so hard I've cried. The topics you discussed, even those unrelated to DC, have been an absolute delight to listen to. My nights listening to your podcast have flown by. My only regret is I can no longer binge listen to episodes. I will have to branch out and try some other TBU podcasts while I wait for updates. I can relate to that. As you're kind of listening to podcasts, you feel feel like you have this endless supply of podcasts and then you hit the wall of like, oh, I'm caught up. Everything is current. So um, I I can totally understand. As for some of the highlights, I love it when you guys read the letters columns in the comics. 
Some of those are gold. I want to say the writer's name was Debbie, the one who wrote in about the shower scene with Tim Drake. <laughs> we still chuckle about that. Now, there's a lady who knows what... Sh- <laughs> can't even read that. Now, there's a lady who knows what she's about. I really get a kick out of that one. You live your life, Debbie. Your interview with Chuck Dixon on episode 51 was fantastic. I was not only excited to hear about it, I was excited for you guys having the opportunity to talk to him. It was clear and meant a lot to you. Hearing Chuck share his stories and details was an incredible listen. The part of the interview that keeps coming back to me is a story about the kid who asked him why he made Bane Hispanic. And Chuck explains because he would be more of a badass. That made my day, as I'm sure as it made that kid's day. Probably more than his day. I also appreciate you adding in the audio dramas to the podcast. I wasn't aware there were audio dramas of anything DC nature, so you successfully showed me the light. And Rob, when you read the Fisher-Price book you've had since you were a kid, I don't know, man, that was great. Put me on a list of people that signed up for more of that content because that was a good time. Hearing your story with the book was what really made it special. I could go on, but I feel I've rambled on, so I'll tie this up. Rob, Terrence, and Ryan, thanks for hours of sanity-preserving podcasts. Thanks for the laugh and the insight. It's been a great listening to your different opinions. Hearing you share your experiences growing up with DC has been an awesome adventure. I look forward to future updates and wish you all the best of holidays in the coming year. Sherlock Ward. Thank you so very much for this email. This this has been one of the single greatest emails I have received on the podcast. And you're going to hear the three of us talk about it uh, just a little bit, but I, I just kind of wanted to read this uh, to you guys and with hopefully out me making too many <laughs> mistakes here, but Sherlock, thank you so very much for this email. Um, the three of us uh, read this and I forwarded it to the other two guys as soon as I received it. And this has been something I've read a couple times and it just puts a huge smile on my face and letters like this. When I kind of contemplate like, Oh, is anybody really listening to the show? I get something like this and I start seeing people like and retweet the podcast and start getting other people following the podcast just really makes the three of us uh, very happy. And we're so pleased and, uh, happy that we have uh, a listenership that we do. So thank you very much. So let's go back to the show and we will, uh, the three of us will comment on uh, the email. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for that letter. That means a lot that you you like the podcast and you listen to it. I always, whenever somebody sends that letter and and says they're, they started from the beginning and I'm always like, uh, did you not like it when I joined it? Like I always get a little scared because there's a dramatic change, but, but he, he stayed with it. And, uh, Working two jobs to save money, uh, I, I can totally relate to that, and that's hard-earned money. And to share some of that with us to keep the podcast going is is really, really appreciated. So I just want to say thank you, and I hope you have a, a great Christmas, a good year, and hope you hit Powerball and don't have to work again, and then you can <laughs> send send us some to support us. <laughs> yeah. So, But thank you very much. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, no, that was a great email. It's very much appreciated. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, all three of us just love hearing, you know, doing this podcast. It's kind of, you know, on one hand, we just love doing it just to talk to each other and talk about Robin. But it, it's really great to hear from people that actually like the <laughs> like the podcast and like to go on this journey with us, too. You know, and I, and I can relate to Terrence talking about, like, starting the 
podcast all the way from the beginning. And I've heard a few people do that when they get into something like this. They can just steamroll through like an, the entire series, and that's kind of crazy. But but that's kind of what I did too when I when I got into this podcast. You know, I started from the beginning and just listened all my way up, and and now I'm on it too. And so yeah, so it's it's been a great time, and and I and I love getting emails like this. And uh, hopefully, we can keep keep the podcast going for people that that enjoy listening to it. And I, I think that's really cool. And he kind of had put in here uh, that some um, you know insight. It was like uh, for like seven or eight hours, and he was kind of listening to our podcast. And uh, it's always amazed. I start going back. Wow, you started at episode one and just kind of like Ryan said, kind of steamrolled through it. And I go, man, some of those episodes where I was by myself, I was literally like flying by the seat of my pants, <laughs> trying not to copy anybody else and i would listen to him and i'm like there's there's no way anybody's gonna like this and i think i've said before that i had thought about stopping like all right i'll get to the only place of dying that's one of my favorite stories and that'll be it and i just kind of kept going and once terrence came on i think that's where it really started to gel or it wasn't a, a one-man show where i was just having this crazy conversation with myself all the time and then adding ryan uh to the show i think it really really made it f it feel like a whole thing. It's nice that now that there's three of us on here, we can kind of intermix, you know, when one of us has something to go, the show can kind of continue to uh, keep moving along. So I just want to say thanks to both of you guys that, you know, we've got a chance to interview Chuck Dixon. We've got a chance to yeah. interview Denny O'Neill and kind of seeing the podcast get, you know, picked up and liked through Twitter and just other things from, other people are, you know, start looking at their quote unquote, you know, credentials uh, on Twitter of what they do for a living. And you start going, wow, I wouldn't think this type of person would listen to the show. It's like, oh, well, they're, they're on a podcast. So yeah, they're just listening to it where they're maybe a lawyer somewhere or they're a doctor or whatever their profession is. They are Batman fans that are, they're legitimate fans of these characters. So it, it makes me happy to see the show that has grown over these four years. So getting this email, uh, I've read it a couple times and it just, it really made me smile to go, you know, well, we're trying to juggle schedules of like, okay, I can do this day or do this day. And sometimes just kind of go, oh, maybe we just got to take a break. And then we get an email like this and go, I, I think the podcast is really starting to, uh, grow some legs and kind of looking forward to like, well, who else can we get on the show to interview? So, um, at one point we were trying to get, uh, Donovan on the show and I was misreading emails <laughs> left and right. Uh, but we will try and get him on the show. And Dustin, uh, who runs uh, the Batman universe has said he would like to, uh, come on the show as well and has said that the, the podcast is doing very well with the three of us. So a big thank you, uh, to Sherlock for sending this email and just everybody for uh, helping us make the show uh, what it is. So uh, that means the world to us. So uh, this is our Christmas show. This should be the fourth now, if I'm doing this correctly. We had Andy D. Genova last year, and we did uh, basically you know, the, the Christmas Carol, Batman Noel, and that turned out uh, really well. That was a fun show. So we were all kind of scrambling, trying to figure out what our next uh, Christmas topic was going to be. And just because December is obviously really hard for everybody to get together with family jobs and work schedules and you know, throw a Christmas onto it. I found a really cool uh, Tim Drake story. This does take place in 1999, so it is jumping just a little bit um, ahead of where we are, but it's 
literally a, a almost a one and done story that doesn't really worry too much about uh, continuity. And it's only four pages long. Um, it was the like DC what the holiday specials like Christmas Bash number three. All right, we've got some information from Mike's Amazing World. Again, it's a great comic resource here. Uh, this is from the DCU Holiday Bash number three. And looking at Mike's Amazing World. They're only listing DCU Holiday Bash number two and DCU Holiday Bash number three. And I'm not seeing number one on here. Maybe it was listed differently when they did the second version. They just labeled it these since it was DC. Maybe it was DC Comics Holiday Bash. Uh, but anyway, uh, the information on this goes as follows. Uh, the comic titles DCU Holiday Bash number three. Cover date is January 1999. So it has the cover date a month before. But it actually came out, actually two months before. It came out on November 25th, 1998. The cover price was, and I guess this at a time, I didn't have Mike's Amazing World opened up when we were talking about it, but I, I was almost pretty sure this was a $5 book, and it in fact was. It was four ninety five. The page count is a whopping 68, and the editor is Darren J. Venenzo. If I'm saying that right, I'm probably not. Uh, we talked about this in our kind of our synopsis and our just discussion of this uh, particular issue, that all these kind of take place out of continuity, but kind of in continuity of the books. I think the Robin one is more kind of in continuity esque at the time, but there were a couple stories, actually a few stories in this. There was a Superman and Batman story of it started up world's finest Christmas, which that's, that's not too bad. Maybe we may have to kind of revisit this uh, maybe next year or something like that, or do this for uh, Batman and Robin eternal podcast. Uh, the second one is the Joker's 12 days of Christmas, which is kind of cool, creepy, funny. Uh, the wonder woman is uh, heathen highways. Uh, the Robin story, which we are going to cover is Robin alone for the holidays. Batlash is the character, and I don't know who that is at all. And that's Eye of the Detail. And Impulse is the final story. No Bart, there is no Santa Claus. So those are the books, uh, the stories, the short stories, and they're all about four pages, five pages long. So they kind of cram uh, quite a few uh, stories into this, and it was pretty interesting. And again, we talk about it in the show that I didn't even realize this book existed. So uh, let's get back to us. Uh, the penciler on the front cover is uh, Rodolfo DiMangio, and the inker is Robert Campionella. Wow. <laughs> so uh, let's get back to the show. And I didn't even know this book existed at the time. I think some of these Christmas books, like the DC Holiday book that just recently came out, it's got like a $10 price tag on it. So maybe back then this book might have cost 5 bucks, and I thought, oh, I'm not going to pay 5 bucks for it. Did Were you guys aware that these Christmas books were out uh, back when the Robin series was going on You know, in the, in the 90s at all? Or was this something com- completely new that you just – realize when i sent you guys this link uh terrence yeah i kind of kind of remember stuff like this every now and again i think 99 i was kind of out of comics at that time so this was like the first time i've read this story uh but they were kind of on my radar but once again depending on how many books i was getting that week whether i i, I picked up or not they they usually were pretty expensive and they were usually not that amazing because it's really hard to tell a story 
when the artists and and the, the writers only have you know four or five or six pages to tell an entire story, it's hard to really you know hit a home run yeah. and knock it out of the park. So sometimes I feel like uh, on these that I've read, when the when the writer goes for like cute you know or something just lighthearted, cute, fun, they tend to they're not the greatest stories in the world, but they tend to be better in that four or five page format. Um, sometimes when they go kind of dark and heavy or, or it kind of like you're like wait what like um i think we we t- communicated a little bit about denny o'neill's story this year in the 2017 one and we were like whoa what where that that was not what i was expecting from denny o'neill but it was interesting <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah kind of but you know not not always my favorite ryan I, I didn't really know about about these until you gave us the info, but I'm not surprised that they existed, especially because you know the past five or six years I've I've gotten the the Christmas issues of of the DC holiday stuff. Um, but you know, there's like all the, you know. But if you start looking for it, there's all kinds of extra you know books and things that you wouldn't really think about of the time, but they just kind of get lost because they never get really get reprinted in, in anything or anything like that. Like. Um, for example, the one that I just found out fairly recently was that of the, uh, the Nightwing Alfred's Return one shot, yeah. and that's like the book that re- reintroduces Alfred to, after you know uh, Nightfall, and I'm like, oh, but they did that like in its own little special one shot thing, and it's like never been reprinted as far as I know, and it's just like, well, when did that happen? And it's it's fun, kind of fun trying to fill in all these blanks of of the stories that I'm trying to go back and read, but uh, it's been fun. And you know, this is a like Terrence said, it's a it's a four page short story. It feels almost like something you would read over four weeks in like the Sunday paper or something. Yeah, just because it's like a like it's like a fun punchline and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but it's not bad. So if you happen to have this, uh, God bless you for <laughs> keeping a for being able to have this. You can find it on eBay cheaply ish i guess i've seen it go for just about the cover price uh about five or six bucks and depending on the condition it could be you know two or three but i have seen some go for 10 to 15 just because of the scarceness of this book so um, i was out doing some comic book shopping and i tried to look for it at a couple different comic shops and i was even telling the guy about it he was like i i haven't even seen that book in you know decades or, you know is what he told me so it's going to be kind of hard to uh, follow uh, but what i will do when this comes up uh when the episode drops i will put the four images in the uh, comment section so at least while you're watching you can go into facebook and you can kind of uh read along with us if you will uh the robin story is called alone for the holidays and this was really one of the only images that I had ever seen that people would post images of Tim Drake or whatever superhero it is on Facebook, and they don't say what this is from. So I had only seen this first image of Tim kind of crouched down, you know, trying to, which is kind of funny. He's trying to keep his hands warm and he's wearing gloves in the first image, which I always think is kind of funny, but it's just to let you know that it's cold <laughs> and it's snowing. But I'm like, I think Bruce has pretty good tech to keep your right. hands warm, but your forearms are kind of bare, Tim. You think he'd be doing uh, the opposite, but um, just, just one of those uh, choices that they make. And I'm going to read the credits here. The writers, of course, is Chuck Dixon. Uh, the penciler is Gordon Purcell, if I can see that right on the small little type. Uh, inker is Danny Mix. The colorist is Noel Gatings, and the letter is Clen Robbins. Hey, and 
Before you go on, let me interrupt you with the, the, the art team. We all know Chuck Dixon pretty well on this show. But Gordon Purcell may not jump out to a lot of people, uh, but I really like his art in this. In fact, the that image you, you were describing of Robin crouching looks a lot like on your uh, YouTube page, Rob. You, you posted that artwork of Batman and, like, the cold and the snow. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got, like, a similar feel. But uh, Gordon Purcell would be known to a lot of comic fans who like Star Trek. Um, he did a lot of the Star Trek comics, and he was known for having really uh, lifelike faces and expressions on the characters because you can imagine penciling Star Trek's a little tough because people know what these people look like on the show and in real life. So you've got to kind of keep the comic book feel and can't make it an, you know, every page an Alex Ross you know, painting, but yet make them look like it. So he did a lot of uh, Star Trek when DC had the Star Trek title, and then he did some um, – the, the Star Trek licenses passed to – numerous uh comics including like gold key and malibu but he did some malibu star trek and um for a while dc had a, a publishing line called paradox press i don't know if you're familiar oh, with that yeah. yeah it was in around this time in the the late 90s like 96 97 98 and I love Paradox Press. I think it was like trying to like they they scored big with Vertigo, and they this was trying to be like the next Vertigo. And I don't know when exactly it folded, but they would they would have these. It sounds stupid to say this, but they were these big books, and they were called the Big Book. And they they were called like I got them right here. And he did he did work for Paradox Press and all these books. There was the Big Book of Bad, the Big Book of Hoaxes, the Big Book of Losers, Martyrs, the Unexplained, Weird Wild West, Thugs, Urban Legends, and Vice. And he had done stuff in all of those and and if anybody didn't know it was kind of similar to this christmas where it was like true stories but that were weird or strange or unexplained or just unusual and they were told in sometimes one page sometimes two or three pages never more than four pages um and it was just like one after another after another with different artists different writers but all always in black and white and it was just a really cool book you could just pick it off the shelf open to any page, read for a couple pages, put it back. I used to have them in my classroom um, and kids could just like pick it up, read it. And a lot of kids, it was like their first like little intro to comic book and storytelling. So uh, sorry to <laughs> get you off the, <laughs> the rails here, but I just wanted to mention the artist for, for people out there. Yeah. yeah and, and the, the inker, you know, Danny Mickey, he, I mean, he's, he's done all the, you know, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, Batman books. Oh, yeah, that's right. My gut wanted to say that, but I, I didn't want to totally <laughs> totally go yeah. there to be like, oh, no, Rob, you're All-Star in the new All-Star Batman. He's done a whole bunch of recent stuff, too. Yeah. That's very cool. So, like I said, the uh, this is a four-page quick little story, and it's uh, essentially Tim being on patrol. Uh, in Gotham City because he really has nothing else to do. His dad and Dana are, are I think, out of the country, if I am remembering that uh, correctly here. Um, he really has no family to go home to, and he uh, comes across somebody that he thinks could be uh, burglaring here. So he's like, well, I think I can, uh, the potential holiday Yuletide burglar, and go check him out. And like, nope, he's wrong. It's a guy uh, putting up Christmas lights for his family. Um, or for a, a neighbor, essentially. And we get a shot of Tim and the Redbird uh, here, and he's just kind of out patrolling and thought, well, maybe he'll swing by Stephanie's here. And Stephanie is with her mom. 
Um, he kind of wants to go see her, but knows he just can't pop in through the window and like, hey, Robin's here and can change into Tim Drake uh, relatively easy. So his only recourse is just to go hey. back. Yes, go ahead. Can I can I ask you at this point because I didn't know. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't. At this point in the storyline, does Stephanie Brown know that Robin's Tim Drake or not? Because he says I can't go in as Tim Drake, and I thought, is that because she doesn't know he's Tim Drake yet, or he's just not welcome there? I I, I was a little confused on that part. I didn't know if you had any clarification on that i don't think so at this point and while you were talking about the artist i was going through the books to kind of see where we were uh chronologically and i don't think so yet um around 99 uh i had just had it pulled up here bear with me one second that he really hasn't let uh, stephanie know who he is yet and we're getting close to no man's land at this point so i think it's right around the time of No Man's Land when Stephanie finds out who Tim is. So I think we're uh, just shy. Uh, no Man's Land is going on in the month of December, but I think probably when this story was written, she hadn't quite found out yet. So I'll do some fact-checking uh, while we're uh, continuing to talk here. And l- let me ask you this, and if this takes the show off the rails, you can edit this out. But when did Stephanie Brown become Robin? What Was this... And, and then my other question is, was Chuck Dixon one of the writers on No Man's Land, or was he gone for the No Man's Land? Chuck Dixon, if I have this correct, yes. I'm looking at Robin uh, number 72 here that did come out in 2000. Uh, so he is, is that on. around a identity crisis or something? That's like why Robin quits? I believe so. I think that's Robin 138 is when he quits. Making a really quick jump here. Stephanie Brown becomes, I was a little shy there. Stephanie Brown becomes Robin in 126, and that came out in 2004. Okay, uh, so it's still a ways away from yeah. this issue. Yeah. He's unmasked uh, to his father in issue 124, which is in 2004. So that's right aware that is. So I think she, we're, we're still quite a ways uh, from, and, I may be wrong. I don't, I still don't think she knows at this point through no man's land. So it's probably is right in continuity that she doesn't know, which does give credence to why he just can't, you know, pop in. I'm, I'm guessing just to say the way I read it is that this is the point in time. Cause this, you know, who knows when this actually even fits in the continuity is he's interacted with her as spoiler. He, but she does not know he's Tim Drake. Does that, is that kind of how you read it? Yeah. That that was my initial take on it, just because of his hesitance of being able to go in. So even if he wanted to do a quick change, he talks himself out of it because she's with she's with family here. So I don't, I don't even know if he have, really has an in for Stephanie yet at this point of knowing Tim Drake and and Stephanie Brown, other than just from what Tim knows. And to to interrupt you in the middle of your storytelling here, uh, it's kind of a weird take on – I don't know if weird is the right word, but it's kind of an interesting take on Tim Drake to read it because everything we've been kind of reading is like Tim Drake being Robin is just the dream come true. It's just like this is what he longed for his whole life, even if you know in Lonely Place of Dying he was really trying to get – you know, Dick to come back as Robin. Being Robin is just the greatest thing ever. It's just wonderful. It's like that joy again, you know, in Batman comics. And then even through Nightfall, you know, um, now we're in Prodigal and he's with, you know, Dick Grayson and it's just joy and this is so much fun and out fighting crime. 
And this is like a little different take. This is like the harsh reality of like, uh, you know what? It's not all fun. Like there is like some lonely hard times in it. Like it's kind of a cool, it feels like Tim Drake. It doesn't feel like, oh, this person doesn't know Tim Drake. It just feels like with anything in life, when you, you find something you love and you're like, this is so great. I love it. I love it. There eventually comes a time where it's like, oh, this is like, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this part of it. And so it's kind of a, a cool, cool little insight into the the job of a superhero i guess and it's nice that it's four pages i I wouldn't like this if this was like the 12 issue like run of emo robin you know he you know but it's cool for a nice little four little four issue four page issue i should say Uh, one thing that i this sounds weird to probably say this at christmas time but the stories that really resonate with me at christmas time are the ones of like heartache and loss and um my mind goes to my my white wife recently lost an aunt and thinking of this is gonna be the first christmas for her uncle without his wife and for everybody christmas time is usually joyous and happy there are some people that the holiday season is one of the worst times of the year it makes them reflect on the things that they don't have so again credit to chuck dixon is kind of putting that here that at this point in the story, Tim's dad is married to uh, Dana, and they're off jet-setting, doing whatever, and have left their son behind. So it'd be kind of nice to go back and see, was there a reason why Tim said, oh, I can't go, I have school, because, a.k.a. I'm Robin, I, I don't want to leave. But in getting back to the story, Tim goes home after having just seen Stephanie with her mom. He's playing the answering machine, and it says, Tim, it's Dad, you Merry Christmas. Dan and I are still snowed in in the O'Hare, so they've been out flying. They can't get back in. They're at the airport, so Tim is home to an empty house where he checks his computer, and there's a message from Oracle, so he thinks, well, there's Oracle. Oracle. <laughs> there, there's something going on, and uh, so that's like, well, at least he's got something to do, and surprise, it's the Bat family of Nightwing, Oracle, uh, Harold, which was kind of cool to see, and <laughs> I know, it's like, oh, look, Harold's like an elf almost, like in the background, <laughs> yeah. you know? and the, the smile on his face is like, he may be the smartest guy building all this tech for Batman, but it's like... And I get that little thought of going, I put ornament on tree? Like, <laughs> he could do all this tech stuff, but just the look on his face is really, really kind of cute. And uh, the moral to the story uh, put here is Tim does have another family. It's the Bat family. And Dick takes a little jab at Oracle. Like, she burnt the cookies, and it's a Christmas party for loners. And each of them are kind of loners like that. So it makes me want to go, well, where's Bruce? That Nightwing is by himself, right. and Oracle is not with Commissioner Gordon, probably because it's the holiday season. He Crime is still rampant going around. Alfred is in the Batcave by himself because Tim has moved out at this point, and it's just Harold, this creepy guy in the Batcave. <laughs> so um, it, it really kind of makes you go, I wonder how, why all these guys don't have something else going on. You know, Dick's not right. with Corey. So, but why, and why is he in his Nightwing outfit? Yeah, that you would have thought they would have all been in their Christmas sweaters and or whatever. But it's probably more for the reader. Like we want you to know this is Dick Grayson. We want you to know this is Alfred. So I thought it was a, a nice, cute little story and something to kind of tide people over for uh, the holidays to get, drop an episode your guys' way. But I was kind of glad I stumbled on this because I think initially Terrence had sent out, which we'll we'll use at some point, was like the top twenty uh, Batman Christmas stories. 
and I'm always searching like Christmas Tim Drake or Halloween Tim Drake, and there aren't a whole lot of those out there. So it was a pleasant surprise to uh, to find this one. So what did you guys think of this uh, little little short story with Tim Drake and uh, Christmas? Let's start with Ryan. I mean, I liked it just because, like I was saying, it's it's like a easy to read, one and done, four page like feel good Sunday newspaper kind of kind of story, really, you know. But to me, it's it's you know trying to find the deeper connections with, with Tim Drake and how uh, he's approaching his life as Robin is, is is interesting, and it's got a it's it's a cool little story. The thing that I thought was interesting is you've got the answering machine thing with like. Oh, Dana and I are still snowed in. I'm like, oh, so they're together. And you, you just said that they were got, got married at some point. Mm-hmm. See, what's interesting is because you know, I, I, I figured this was a few years later, especially because of the way the artwork looks and the way Nightwing looks. But we're reading Prodigal right now, and we just passed the very first introduction of Dana. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, his father just got uh her as a personal trainer and i'm like yeah, it's interesting i wonder if <laughs> i wonder if she'll show up again and then reading this story it's like oh well, they're together now that's kind of an interesting development um and the other thing that i noticed is is it seems like and i and i also question if if the books if the robin book itself delves into this but it seems like you know with dana and his life uh tim drake's dad is kind of like falling right back into the way he acted mm-hmm. with uh tim's original mother tim's tim's birth mother just like how they were always jet setting always like not there you know leaving answering machines stuff like oh yeah we're do- off exploring doing our stuff and and they and it just kind of leaves tim alone so i i kind of drew some parallels to that you know early tim drake kind of situation and i'm almost 100 percent positive uh jack drake is walking at this point, so that would go, oh, okay. that would go hand in hand with what you just said about you know as much as we're reading right now and you know the early '90s about Jack really wanting to be a father to Tim, it's like that's the only thing Jack can really do at this point. He can't go jet setting, he right. can't go out and drive, so all he has left to do is be a father, and so that'll be kind of cool as we're going through this to see where the divergence is and where we go, oh, remember that Christmas story we did in 2017? Here's here's yeah. that, that moment. So, uh, Terrence, what'd you think about this uh, Christmas story? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, like Ryan said, to kind of see where we are now reading uh, the Robin comic around issue 12 and 13 and see where things are starting and then kind of see here and, you know, five years or six years later where some things have developed and then kind of know now in 2017 where things kind of get retconned and changed and rebirthed and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really cool to see. Uh, I really like the art. The art is fantastic. Like we said, the artist and the inker are definitely have a, a really strong pedigree and the snow effects are cool. And the only thing I thought was missing, which I thought might have been cool, and I don't have this issue, but there there has to be a, a Batman story in this issue. I can't imagine yeah. there not being a Batman story. It just there's not a lot of, not too much overly like inner dialogue. It would have been cool to just have just one line just explaining where Bruce was because it just seems a little weird to not have Bruce mentioned or you know like it only had to be like oh yeah Bruce is in 
on that mission in Metropolis, or it could have connected to whatever the Batman story was in this issue. Like, say, Batman's issue was, I don't know, whatever, some story with Poison Ivy or something like, you know, Bruce is taking care of Poison Ivy or, you know, it's just something like that, you know. Um, but that's a minor nitpick. That's not not a, a major deal. Oracle, I love that Oracle um, logo on the computer, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sad that they don't really use that too much. But the scene above that, does he call it the vigilante infranet, or is it just the way I see it? Like, did you? Is it? It yeah. could be a T. It could be a T, like, like, like an intranet. Yeah, I couldn't tell if if it's just my copy is a little hard to read because it looked like Infranet and and surf for a while. And I always think it's funny sometimes when you read comics for when the Internet was just starting, although 99 is is a little bit past just the start, how some some phrases and some terms and stuff, they kind of get wrong or 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 don't use correctly. And then uh, at the end, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I love seeing Harold. I don't think I've ever seen Harold in in any drawing where he's not like either has a screwdriver in his hand or building something or that guy works tirelessly. The only time I've ever seen him not working is when he got shot in the head by the Red Hood. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, once again, I, I'm a little sad in that we don't have Barbara Gordon as Oracle anymore. I I, I, I think that was such a great character and, and her, having a character who's a hero and um, – in a wheelchair, I think meant a lot for um, DC. And, you know, I have this poster in my, my room, my classroom with, you know, like it's like the Batman family. And it's one of those read posters from the American uh, library association. And it's got Oracle in the wheelchair. And a lot of times kids be like, well, who's that in the wheelchair? And when you like start explaining who she is and what a hero she is, they're like, wow, you know, like it. So I, I kind of wish, you know, they, we hadn't had lost that in the new 52, uh, whatever rebirthing of the universe, but who knows <laughs> everything old is new again. So I'm sure at some point <laughs> she'll be back in the, yeah. <laughs> the wheelchair or something, but, uh, yeah, overall, thanks rob for putting this on our radar and it was really fun and um you know it's it's always nice when the reading list for the show is like (laughs) short as opposed to read all of no man's land by next week or something you know so yeah well uh on behalf of everyone here and everyone loves a drake uh hopefully everybody has a happy holidays i'm sure ryan and terrence you guys both have your holiday traditions and stuff is there one thing well first of all ryan this is going to be the first yeah. christmas for baby nora so That's true. That's are, true. is there is there something that like oh christmas is here i i can't wait to do x y or z do you have anything planned or is it just like you're just happy that she's here well it's kind of kind of that i mean we uh, we already did our big Christmas stuff for Thanksgiving with uh, with our family, so it's just going to be kind of a nice like family like uh, just central family. Me and me and Sarah and Nora, you know, for Christmas this year at our house. And so I think that's going to be just nice having a nice Christmas. You know, she'll get to open her first presents and just kind of see things like the Christmas tree and the lights and things like that. So that'll be a good time. Cool, cool. Terrence, is there anything you guys do as a family uh, special that something you look forward to every year? Yeah, you know, I think we uh, we've mentioned it a couple times on the show, and Ryan and I were going back and forth with some pictures on uh, uh, messaging. But you know, my wife is really a huge collector of the Hallmark ornaments, mm-hmm. and so. Um, now we've got three Christmas trees. So we've got one Christmas tree that has all her special keepsake uh, Hallmark ornaments. 
Uh, and then I've got my tree that's got all the superhero, Batman, Simpsons, you know, we could, we call that the nerd tree or she calls that the nerd tree. Uh, it's got a lot of Star Wars. I, w- I was going to go just Star Wars on it this year, but I didn't have quite enough Star Wars to fill the whole tree. So it's got, got all those, uh, on there. And then the kids have one with all just Disney ornaments and just Disney stuff. And, um, it's kind of fun to get the new ornaments and then, um, the day after Christmas, if you go to Hallmark, uh, any ornaments that haven't sold are 50% off. Yeah. And then if you wait about three weeks or so, they start up in that and it'll go to like 70, 80. And then eventually to get rid of it in like the beginning of February, end of January, they'll be 90% off. So it's always fun to, to try to get the ornaments that you didn't get and try to get them. And it's like a gamble of like, well, how many they got? Because yeah. last year I was like, I, I didn't get the uh, Batman Wonder Woman and Superman, um, uh, or BVS set. BVS like Trinity, that, yeah. The Trinity set. So I went the day after, and I'm like, all right, can I wait till 90, or do I have to get 50? And it's like they had a lot of Batman, they had a lot of Superman, they only had a couple Wonder Woman. So I got the Wonder Woman at 50% off, and then waited out, and then got the Batman <laughs> and the Superman at 90, which was good because Wonder Woman was gone by by that time, uh, and I got an Iron Man at 90% off and stuff. My wife has no patience for that. She's just like, just get yeah. it now, just get it. I'm like, no, I, I think I think I can wait, but you got to count and see how many they have and right. kind of play that game. Yeah, like, I'm not oh, fooling. Well, know. see, that's the thing. I, I would, I, I'm only going to go there like once to see. My plan this year is to see how cheap I can get an Aquaman, <laughs> Justice League Aquaman. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got, yeah, I got yeah. pretty much everything else. If you check out the Batman on Film Instagram, there is a picture of my Batman tree this year, which yeah. I went completely nuts all out on. It's it's like last year I got – um. You know, a bunch of special Batman sim- signal, bat signal, Christmas lights, and you know, everybody in my family has my list of Hallmark ornaments I still don't have. So last year and this year both, like I got a whole bunch of holes filled in my collection. So it's a giant. It's just a. It's like a six foot Batman tree with nothing but like Batman ornaments on it, and it's just it's pretty great. It's my one of my favorite Christmas things I've done in the past few years. That's cool. I even called out on Instagram of like, hey, where's the Robin tree? I don't know if Bill took it as a fence. Like, it's a Batman tree, sir. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hint, hint. Well, there's, some Robin, there, there's Robin on it. There's Robin yeah. on it. It's not like there's as many Robin right. ornaments as Batman ones. There's probably like one to every 20. Yeah, Batman basically. Ornaments. In fact, though, this year's limited edition ornament is the, the Burt Ward yeah. you know, 60s Robin, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's a great ornament. Yeah, and I'm talk- glad that they're going on with uh, filling out their six bat- 66 Batman collection of ornaments. They've got a lot of good ones now. Yeah, yeah. And you, Ryan's got my favorite ornament. He's he's also got one. It's the Frank Miller Dark Knight yeah. Returns oh, Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. when you actually had to go to Comic Con to get it, n- not just you know show up at Hot Topic that morning and yeah. <laughs> then they have them. Uh, which I don't understand how they're convention exclusives if you can buy them at the mall. But right. um, but it's all about making yeah. money. But I just uh, got that this year yeah, too. That one is really cool. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, and I also have, I'll, I'll tell you real quick, or sorry to interrupt, Rob. I have a, a Tim Drake 
it's a glass ornament. It's not a Hallmark keepsake. It was sold at Target. It might might be made by Hallmark, but it's not their like Hallmark store ones. And it's just like a bust, so it's just from like the chest up. But it's Batman and Robin. But the Robin is the Tim Drake Robin from the animated series with like the black oh, nice. costume and stuff. That one, I, I like that one a lot. It's one of the few Tim Drake ones out there that you can actually get. Yeah, I've seen that. That was on my radar to get, but um, I. It's always usually too pricey at the time I want to get it, and this time of year I go, oh, I, I could have gotten that for decent, and this time of year it's usually through the roof, or I just can't find it at all on eBay or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for us, we made uh, some gingerbread ornaments, and that's one of my wife's favorite uh, things. The first tree that we had, we didn't have a lot of ornaments, so she made a whole bunch of gingerbread uh, you know, men, and then we decorated them, and that's kind of one of our prize uh, possessions on of course i did one as you know a batman and a robin i did one as a kiss member <laughs> and then you know different various colors of yeah santa claus so um so it's really cool time of year and it'll be interesting to talk to you guys after christmas to see what the bat gifts were and the robin gifts were so uh, this is where we're going to put this uh pin in this episode for christmas thanks everybody for listening to the show as always hopefully everybody has merry christmas happy holiday kwanzaa whatever a version of the holiday season you have uh, just get together with the loved ones and uh, celebrate the holiday season uh, from everyone on the podcast terrence ryan and rob uh, happy holidays and we'll see you guys next time take care bye thanks for listening to robin everyone loves the drake podcast this has been brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. The show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respective copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there, and it'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.
Oh, he 